0: Adam versus the man. Happy Wednesday. We got an awesome show lined up for you today. We have all the COVIDs, All the best COVIDs. The biggest COVIDs. The fanciest COVIDs. The greatest. We have the greatest, the greatest COVID of all time. In fact, we've got two of them we'll be giving away on the show today. No, sorry, we're giving away producer club memberships as usual. Uh, but today we have Ant Ralston in the co-host chair and we have Ian Freeman of the Crypto Six. And free talk live, yes, that Ian Freeman joins us today on Adam versus the Man. We got a big COVID block this Wednesday, and it's it's kind of it's fun to watch this thing evolve at this point. It, I almost so the the title of today's show is "New COVID Symptoms Are Here." Yeah, they're out at COVID twenty twenty one. Finally, we get new new symptoms because they ask, and you know what they are, Joe, Could you could you could you guess? Are they what, uh, what the new COVID symptoms? Do
1: you sprout a unicorn horn? Because no. that would be a kind of cool symptom.
0: It would. It would. Are they, they, just, wait. they didn't get better though. Are
1: they flu symptoms? Are they COVID symptoms?
0: Yeah. COVID,
2: COVID yeah. vaccine um, symptoms are the same as COVID yeah. symptoms.
0: Um. No. The side if you are under 40, the side, i am gonna tell you where the source of this is when we get to the story. This is just too funny though. If you are under forty, the signs to look for now are a headache, sore throat, running nose. Typical day wait, in the wait, of an <laughs> under forty-year-old human being. <laughs> like, what? Really? Like, I mean, I, I, I wonder if, like, I'm. This is making making us also health conscious in such a weird way. Like, almost more self-conscious. We also have a story about uh, COVID. Being in the United States this 2019, remember when we thought we had it on the road? <laughs> Although I tested negative, and the tests never fail. So, you know, I mean, that it must negative. be must be the, uh, yeah. Um, but I, like, if you go through a, a whole day and you never have a headache, I don't, I don't mean like splitting headaches, but like, I dare I say, if you're under 40 and you make it through a whole day without some kind of headache, uh, you're probably not living an interesting enough life. You might be an NPC. Maybe Let's just see. Like instead of instead of like you might be a redneck jokes. I need to do, like uh, uh, If you believe Dr. Fauci without question, you might be an NPC. This is too good for a comment contest, but I think Ant has a better one for today. <sighs> if you pay as much taxes as the government allows, you might be an NPC. <laughs> If you have a Blue Lives Matter sticker on your vehicle, you might be an NPC. If you vote Republican or Democrat, you you're a fucking you NPC. Yes. All right. Uh, with that, executive producer Jim Freedom with the show notes. With the producer notes. Show Good notes. morning
1: to you. And I don't know why the names are being displayed right now. That's kind of weird. Let me fix that. Fixed. interesting right. okay. anyway.
0: Okay. It over. Like, is that... Is that just me or is that
1: just yeah streaming? It's fun. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, join yeah, us t dot me forward slash Adam versus the man. It's a public Telegram channel. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's there and it exists. We're gonna have a. Uh, a Producers Club, new Producers Club member, hopefully by the end of today, because that's what our contest gives away. Can't wait to hear what the contest is today. But if you don't feel like participating in the contest, you think contests are just stupid in general, and you just want to buy your way in access because you got it like that, you can go to patreon.com, 1, five ten even $50 a month at the different levels you can support the show, $10 a month to get you access to the private Producers Club where we get... Uh, A link to the backstage of this show every single day so you can hang out with us and uh, have more personable conversations. Uh, It's an awesome time, so look forward to that. Uh, Instagram, if you're on that, check out cool pictures and videos at the Garden of Freedom. Everything going on up there. You can see cool pictures like this one. Adam staring up into the night storms with his freedom tattoo on his back. Great pictures and videos all over the Instagram at the Garden of Freedom. So definitely check that out. Uh, we got a guest today, Ian Freeman. We're going to promote the Crypto6 again. The 6com is where you can go to check out everything that was going on with the Bitcoin church that was raided. And you can donate the cryptocurrencies through those QR codes. And lastly, GoGreenEnergyOnline.com is the best website where we send everybody to that's thinking about doing it themselves or wanting to learn more about solar power. Micro wind power and zero energy homes. So if you're thinking about going off grid or just getting yourself more self-sustained living, go online.com is the website for you.
0: <laughs> Jim, what are you doing? Are you fucking with Jim backstage now? Is that what today's show is? I'm not was, backstage. Was... It's
2: not me. It's not me. Oh,
0: Joe's not even backstage. I <laughs> uh, no Jim. I was just pointing out that that wasn't just um, like looking up. That was I, That was me praying to Mars. Isn't Mars men are from Mars? So like we should we should men should worship Mars and Mars. You're worshiping in the, men in, in the western <laughs> sky. It's it's raining men from the cosmos, from Mars. So no, it was Mars. I was I was I was worshiping Mars. I I didn't realize that till after we took the picture. uh We looked at I looked at it with my little sky view. Files. Oh yeah, that's Mars right now. uh Made sense though. Made a lot of sense. Made a lot more sense when we did it than it does now. It That's usually the case. Yeah. I don't know well, it's Mars Mars is beautiful in the western sky after sunset right now. And and if you're I don't know, in the general geographic vicinity of Arizona, like the same side of the planet, it might look the same to you right now. So check it out. Look at the sky.
1: Mm. Yeah. Definitely. I uh, yeah, I definitely didn't uh I didn't mean to Say what you were pointing at, so just the storm or something. We had a storm in the valley last night. Uh, you probably your skies haven't been affected by the smoke, is it? This is what the sunsets have looked like in the Phoenix area lately, yeah. No, ours was,
0: yeah. So we didn't have a storm though, that was just like clouds coming in at dusk, and it didn't seem like I guess it could have been smoke lighting up. uh, There's definitely some smoke.
1: Yeah, in this is from the. I mean, this is like the fires that are in Globe, 100 miles to the east of the valley. The fires are so bad. The thickness of the cl- of the cloud was over the valley all day, super dark, and the sunsets getting red like that because of the fire smoke. It's it's crazy. It's covering the whole valley the last couple of days. I'm surprised we haven't seen a story about it.
0: All right, let's get co-host Ant up on here, Mr. Ralston. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. Uh, I am on my last little
3: couple days of being here in Oldfield before I get to go back home to the ant farm, so I'm, I'm pretty
4: excited.
0: I'm- <laughs> that, that means I have to smoke weed for you today, is that right? That's correct. <laughs> okay. Okay. it's wednesday we got to get that out of the way early before we are and we got COVID medicine too so what what uh what's going on in the oil field today uh well you know old
3: prices are picking up pretty high but uh Mm -hmm. but not to justify the gas prices currently which i think is interesting i think there's something else going on that's affecting gasoline prices because diesel prices aren't being affected at nor near the rate we at a hundred dollar a barrel oil, we had gas prices similar to what they are right now, and we're at about seventy dollars a barrel. So there's hmm. there's something kind of
0: awesome. So his, so just historically speaking, you're taught you're referring to the fact that the price of a barrel of crude oil affected by supply and government interference and taxes and nature and technology is the primary driver of the cost of a gallon of gas at the pump. Right. And that those two numbers, they 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 definitely. I'm trying to do this thing with my hands that I need a whiteboard for. Like woo! But yeah, generally they they move together, but not perfectly. But now you're saying there's a divergence where prices at the pump are going up a lot more relative than you know, to do a barrel of crude than the historical trends.
3: Yeah, right. and I know some of that might be because of the cyber attacks uh, or east because they affected gasoline basically is what they affected so some of that could be that but I think there's more to the story than that I think I think that the government is doing something behind the scenes that's raising gas prices to a point where it's going to encourage people to go all electric cars is what I think is happening because diesel prices aren't being affected quite as much as gasoline prices and of course not because we need diesel for the big trucks
0: Okay, now this is where, like, I'm, I'm really glad that we have you as co host today to explain some of this stuff, because COVID, in the, in the COVID block today, we are talking about some of the economics, but figuring out, you know, how these, uh, just a little more analysis that is kept from the average American that we bring you on Adam versus the man, gives you a much better functional understanding of the world that we're facing. And it's not just oil, gas. Most Americans view gas prices like, well, I uh, uh, can't really do anything about it. That's just uh, like, like uh, death taxes and gas prices going up. Uh, but the when you say that government could be doing something to prop it up, uh, I mean, it seems much more likely from my understanding, um, I must be missing something, that, that it's just gas companies going, what can we get away with charging? And, and there's a, there's a, there's a pattern of collusion um, well, of, of, of them conspiring to jack prices up and not undercut each other. Well,
3: the thing is, it was when you have government government subsidized gasoline, which we more or less do, the government regulates what we export, what we import. The government has a direct control in, in all of this stuff. So the government, even though the companies are are still benefiting it's still the government has a direct hand in what our okay, prices okay. are going so to be reflected as.
0: So could one hypothetical that you're, you're, that would explain this be something like, uh, well, I mean, this isn't hypothetical. This is just like, now we go, well, this could be doing it that uh, government restricting oil imports uh, while there's while production is up and demand is low is sort of artificially restricting the supply of, of consumable gasoline in the united states but not enough to affect the global but that doesn't affect the global price of crude oil which which does trade on a a more robust market slightly less so there's two
3: there's two basic types of of crude that we deal with we deal with brent crude and we we deal with west texas intermediate most of the oil in the united states is west texas intermediate Brent um, crude is more like North Sea, you know, uh, uh, offshore stuff over in, in Europe. Uh, and, but we deal with West Texas Intermediate primarily. There is no oil shortage. As a matter of fact, we have ramped up the number of rigs that are drilling. We have ramped up the amount of production we are producing currently, despite the fact that Biden put a, a moratorium on uh, drilling on or new permits on federal land, which is basically all of New Mexico is federal land, um, but they were stacking permits long before that happened. They had permits to go through four or five years, is in the the moratorium was on new permits for drilling, not for existing. So they have to recognize the existing permits, honor those, but production's ramped way up right now, and I, I'm talking my company. We went from servicing. Uh, about 130 rigs or so before the COVID slowdown. Um, And right before COVID, we actually had another little slowdown, but went from about 130 rigs to the peak of COVID, we're at about 35 rigs, we're at about 80 rigs again. So the the amount of rigs that we have operating right now don't reflect the gas prices to where they should be. Because when we had that many rigs before, gas prices were relatively low then now we have almost as many rigs and gas prices are extremely high. So it's not the shortage of oil and it could be something in the refining process because we don't drill for gasoline, obviously that's a refined product. So it could be something in the refinery side of things, but typically you'll see gasoline and diesel prices rise accordingly. They'll rise together. Um, At one point we had diesel prices that were cheaper than gasoline prices. Now, Diesel prices are more expensive than gasoline prices again, but uh, only in some areas, like in Texas. You know, like
0: I, I even. Well, I think you're getting some feedback on me there. Uh, I, I, I even my first car was a diesel, an old Mercedes 300d, Mercedes sedan, and it was uh, it was a weird thing for me to like. Be, well, yeah, I can't go to every gas station. I, I can only go to like every you know fourth every fourth or fifth out there. Uh, where they've got that one diesel pump, but sometimes diesel was cheaper, sometimes it was more expensive. How does that work?
3: It's it just on on market supply and demand and and refining, uh, typically. So sometimes it, but so in certain areas, uh, like diesel, for the most part, is almost the same across the country right now. I mean, I've been all over now. I've checked other prices. Diesel's relatively stable. Gas. Maybe and
0: they There's. It seems there would be an incentive to keep diesel stable or relatively low to not put undue pressure on the trucking industry right now because they fuck with the supply chains any more than they have. And if you can't get cheesy tots at, at Burger King, man, people are going to be pissed off. They might.
3: I think there's some kind of government intervention is because when diesel prices are remaining relatively stable and gasoline prices are not at uh, some places, gasoline is up to two dollars higher than diesel. Some places diesel is 30, 40 cents, you know, higher than gasoline, which to me, it's just there, there's something else in the market that's affecting our, our supply demand, our, you know, our, and our prices. And I really mm-hmm. believe that it has something to do with them trying to push for this green energy. Uh, ERCOT, for example, just told Texas that we have to set our thermostats at 78. Texas has yeah. historically never had power issues. Ever and this then is, this, last, is, this is, is for last air last
0: conditioning. Hold on, hold on. Seventy-eight. There are some people who are like thermostats, etc. You no, know, that this is this is communist style rationing. And if you look at the reality of the American government, how it functions, you go, oh wait, this is communist rationing. That's energy rationing. Say you can't use your air conditioning the way you want. Set it at seventy-eight. And it's it, it it's so dumb and and very in line with communism historically that it's not. Hey, we have to find an intelligent, rational way of limiting energy consumption or upping supply in order to meet demand. It's just well, let's just awkwardly restrict consumption this way, and now it's it, so, we have an energy shortage so Ed, shortage.
3: ed's weighing in here uh, on youtube and he says we're well, regular 87 octane remains relatively low premium 91 octane skyrocketing out of sight explain that and that's extremely easy to explain premium gas for your premium suvs anymore they all run premium gasoline it's a luxury tax is what that is so they're literally charging a luxury tax um With the the compression of the modern motors coming up, so needs the octane, needs to come up. Most modern motors are running on a higher octane fuel in order to meet emission standards. So when you increase the compression ratio of your engine to increase gas mileage, you have to have a higher octane fuel. The higher the octane the fuel, the harder it is to (laughs) move.
0: All right, so I I wanna get to the motivations on this now. Cause you said you think this is a push to electric cars. Yes. And I'm 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 not doubting that I mean that, that 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 there are plenty of powerful people who are ready to do that and say fuck oil and gas. They're they're the old ones, we're the new ones, we're the new we're the new economic center of power. And it, it's really shitty that the progress is happening this way in a government controlled, manipulated fashion. But if it's happening and it's like, finally, because this is this is uh, an economic shift that has been long overdue because of government entrenching of the fossil fuels industries, And so it's like, if that's coming to an end and there's a turnover to at least something new, we're getting past the paradigm of the internal combustion engine being the primary you know, en- engine of basic transportation. It, it are should we be so optimistic as to think that there's enough money in you know Elon Musk's pockets and in the you know hands of green energy companies that they're they're exerting a, a greater lobbying influence than oil and gas or they've reached some kind of critical tipping point and made this play where they will say let's let's use this inflation thing to tank the fossil fuel industry See, and this this is what
3: historically it, it's confusing to me is that usually there's a big pushback by oil and gas companies every time they try to go green, and it and we're kind of in a pushback right now with the amount of ramped up production that we that we have, but which doesn't explain the gas prices, which is why I think that the gas prices aren't being reflected by the actual oil prices. I mean, to an extent, they are. Gas oil prices are up over seventy dollars a barrel for West Texas Intermediate. But we had over $100 West Texas Intermediate and gasoline prices were relatively the same. So that's the $30 difference in barrel from unrefined crude to, you know, what it was. But gas prices are relatively the same.
0: All right, well, we're going to come back towards the end of our COVID block to some of these interesting economic trends that are sort of in the wake of COVID, as in part of the big conspiracy of conspiracies and the manipulation of the economy around this whole thing. And what's your comment contest today? Comment
3: contest. I wrote it down. Um, we are going to do the best thing that we can do to make a positive impact that doesn't involve the federal government. We'll try to keep it positive today. All right. We'll give us some examples.
0: What are you looking for?
3: Um so I mean anything from volunteering at at the at a local food bank or or, or handing out meals without a permit to the homeless because yeah. you have to have a permit to hand out food to the homeless, right? So things like this don't involve the government. The positive influences and positive impacts that we can have on our communities that don't involve donating money to the income tax system where they're going to pay your welfare for you.
0: That's That doesn't work, you know? Gotcha. All right. Keep the comments flowing. Ant will be watching. And now... Let's take some COVID vitamins and give out some misleading medical advice. (coughs) (coughs) All right, let's see if we get so John Stewart. I'm a, I'm a fan of Jon Stewart, like still to this day. Like, even though he was, a, he's, he's liberal. He's, so funny. he's, 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 he's fun. Like, I mean, I look at Trevor Noah, and I almost feel racist saying it, but it's like, I, no, you're not, you're not as funny as Jon Stewart. Jewish comedians. <laughs> I'm racist like that. <laughs> uh, no, but Jon Stewart, um, Jerry Seinfeld, I can name all the Jewish. No, I'll stop. I'll stop. Being racist. Yeah, you know, all of Hollywood of is Jewish. It's the Jews. Because we're funnier. Um, anyway, no, but I Stephen Colbert, no longer playing the fake conservative character doing the late show, had Jon Stewart on. And I, I wanna get through the rest of my headlines so we can watch the whole eight and a half minutes before <laughs> before uh, we have Ian coming on because it's it's good. And it's about the the Wuhan lab leak theory. And comedy is a great way of illuminating logic and the absurdity of things if if the absurdity might be you know sneaking up on you. Kerry Barton, by pretending we have a shortage of oil, they can raise the gas price, which they can then they can tax in California there right now, but he isn't how to up your tax so they tax the gas. Yeah. Because then the tax man, all right, so yeah. this move on yeah. lab leak theory, though I, I kind of want to say, so what? Right? Because if it if it did it, it seems like fighting over distraction. Let me know in the comments here if you think I'm wrong. Because you go, well, so what? So it leaked from the lab. What are we We're going to hold the lab accountable? We're going to hold China accountable? Well, there, there was American money in the lab from the, through Fauci somehow. We're going to, like, it. it it's just like, learn the lesson and move on. Like, I, I as much as I'm for restorative justice, there's a certain point of accepting that injustice is part of reality and being and I hate to say this being, like, as Obama said this about, like, Bush and Cheney, like, no, we're, we're not going to prosecute them for war crimes. We're, we're looking forward, not looking backward. And there's a point where you go, well, yeah, but what, yeah, you, you really want Bush and Cheney to go to jail for war crimes, but what good would it really do? The good of it would be from humanity recognizing that those were war crimes and that they deserve to be punished. And to not let it happen again. That's the value. Like those are the lessons that are more important. Let's let's learn those and then heal and move forward, as opposed to always be focusing on because you you even for me, like I I and, and I we all do this, right? We, oh man, we're gonna like deep personal psychology here. You know, when you're wrong, that you we all have a sense of like injustice, like wanting to to to, to let to, to for things to be right, wanting to be restored to be made whole if if someone you know doesn't hold the door for you or lets the door slam in your face going into a shop even you know you want them to apologize to acknowledge it right To, to recognize that you're a human being but your sense of humanity should be based on something bigger than other people's ability to apologize because if that's the case you will always be less than human because we're not very good at apologizing and there is this uncorrectable Gordian knot of injustices that will never be untangled that we kind of have to accept so it, 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 it I, am I right to look at the Lu- Wuhan lab leak theory in that context we'll see let's get through the rest of the the, the COVID headlines and then then we'll hear Jon Stewart and Colbert and by the way yeah we're gonna get pinged for IP on this with YouTube but you know what fuck YouTube YouTube doesn't pay the bills patrons pay the bills and that's who we're serving. I know you guys, now that I've teased this so much, you are like, yeah, we get, if you haven't already clicked away to find the John Stewart interview with Stephen, don't worry. We're going to play the, we got, we got a two hour show. We're going to play the whole thing. Uh, LA times at yahoo.com column one to return to a post COVID normal. We must learn to trust one another again. Yes, since the coronavirus invaded our lives 15 months ago, we've been on an emotional journey that took us through isolation and despair, anger and grief. Some of us felt envy when others got vaccinated before us. Others encountered anxieties. The restrictions that kept us safe for a year were slowly lifted, and you go, "Oh, geez, I wonder what what your political bias is." Very, very pro-government. I see delusionally pro-government. Because remember. If you're attacking Dr. Fauci, you're attacking science fiction. Trust is broadly defined as a willingness to make oneself vulnerable in situations involving risk, said Kim, who was writing a book on the subject. Subject. Um, so what is what is the other getting at with trust in COVID? The chances of getting COVID-19 will not be zero anytime soon, even for vaccinated people. So for all of us to comfortably return to in person work, send our kids to school, and abandon our masks, we will have to rely on multiple lines of trust. And then it goes through these, these, these three big bullet points. You ready? Trust that the vaccines are safe and work as well as the research suggests. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. No. Now, I, I'm not here to fear are the vaccines safe? Yeah, re- relatively. Uh, do they work as well as the research suggests? Sort of not really until we get we get all these breakthrough cases and new variants used to push new vaccines. But even if you go, well, as well as the research suggests, you mean like, oh, they're 90% effective. Yeah. Okay. So you're still going to have breakthrough cases. And it, not, I'm, not, I'm not inspired by a lot of trust on this one. Jerry Nader 101. Common Contest, creating a weed church so we are protected from COVID. There you go. There are weed There are weed churches. Church. Sure, the first church of cannabis. That's a lot of weed churches. Mark, Mike Levin. Mark. Well, no. Mark Levin. No. Bill Levin. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Levin. Yes, we've done. Joey and I have had that before. Um, all right. Number two bullet point. Trust that the people we interact with are vaccinated or protecting themselves in other ways. What's the current? I know we got to look this up again. How? Because how, what was it last time? It was like it was only 43% or something. How many Americans have gotten vaccinated? Let's ask Google because Google will tell us what the authorities want us to know for sure. Um, mm, oh, still loading. 44.4%. So it's, it's crept up plus 0.3% two days ago. last updated two days ago. Yeah, I mean, first of all, like do you, do you trust. I mean, there's there's so many other problems with this, but do you trust that most Amer? I, I don't like look, look around, like, and, and I don't I don't judge again. I, I want to compare this to the obesity thing because uh, you can't judge any individual for being overweight. You you I, you you can judge. The decisions you can judge the circumstance, but even when they have, like nobody just goes, ah, "I'm going to be fat and unhealthy" because that sounds like fun. Like it, it's it's a product of some trauma, some deficiency, some failure in education, motivation, inspiration, whatever the case may be, right? You you are not judging people. For I put being it on the fat, mental health. But then you, line. but if you ironic thing with this, who who's affected by COVID? Fat people. Look at the statistics. That unhealthy people. If if this government cared about your health and spent as much effort educating us about healthy weight management as they have on COVID, less people would have died of COVID. Sorry, like that's no fuck. Yeah, step back, do the comparison. Why did that not happen? I'm not saying that we should have the government do you know health education or anything like that. Um but it's proof that just they, they don't care now. Tr- you you this trust things. Trust the people we interact with are vaccinated or protecting themselves in other ways, like being healthy overall. How how you, like how you, you blindly it's, trust it's in still, every human being that got that? Coming. Not only that, it's still fifty six percent of the population in America is unvaccinated. I, We're the majority. So How about that? And. Oh that you're going to protect yourselves in other ways. It's like, well, when, when I see a fat person, I don't I don't go, well, because they're overweight, they're more likely to be having a cold or a flu virus and be shedding viral particles. And so I'm going to avoid them because they're fat. No, no. But they're doing that now and they're trying to get that same judgment about COVID and the vaccines. And you go, protect themselves. Well, what, what if it's someone like me, like, even if i i'll tell you if, if i didn't have my allergy thing i have, I have, a, I have a personal history of severe allergies and, and continued issues with allergies uh, i still would not get the vaccine because like, i'm gonna wait like why would we be cautious like the, the side effects are bad it's why there's no reason for me to get it now uh the the, the virus itself isn't that bad i've probably been exposed like all these things add up to why take a new experimental medication
4: doesn't outweigh the you. risk.
0: I'll just, I'll just wait. I'll just, I'll just wait. You know what? I'll just wait. Uh, th- that would be my, but now it's like, well, I actually have a specific health risk that makes it unlikely for me to if, un- under the, even the people pushing the vaccine. They would say, Oh yeah, you're in the category of people who shouldn't get it. And now they they, they want you to discriminate against people like me, just not consider is this someone who is health conscious? Is this someone who is rational? No, is this, someone, is this person obedient? This is what they're looking for. Number three here, trust that when government leaders, do we have any leaders in government? I guess people who lead the institutions of government. It's like we have mafia leaders, but we don't consider them like leaders of, you know, the areas they're operating in. Trust that when government leaders say it is safe to remove our masks or shop in crowded stores, they are motivated by science, not politics. Oh, 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 oh. Are, are you like, sure. really? Oh, yes. We trust our government leaders to be motivated by science and not politics. Are you fucking kidding? It's like, so very is evident that ever by the whole legalization issue. Like, yeah. yeah, like. They're not paying, they pay attention to science. So. Remember. <laughs> Government leaders are the ones who told us for decades that weed is dangerous. can if, if we legalize cannabis, the sky will fall. There haven't been enough time to Society study Society will collapse. The vaccine can come out now. That's cool. Your children will get hairy palms and Mexicans will take your jobs. And you listen to jazz music too. Really and, and and it'll it'll make black men want white women. <sighs> yes. This is this, <laughs> these are your government leaders this is this is government leaders this is your life <laughs> uh 1054, pretty soon skepticism of covid slash vax danger will be called a mental disorder a symptom of covid things are actually that freaking dumb now yeah I, even though i've tested negative i must have been one of those flukes just those extremely rare ones i must be some kind of delusional uh long-haul covid patient suffering from Asymptoms—they're not symptoms; they're asymptoms. I'm asymptomatic, so I have asymptoms like delusions and craziness because not having COVID will make you crazy. Uh, but no, but really. Since hmm. when is government 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 is, is exists? And what is the purpose of government? The rich richer at the expense of the rest of us. It's Not to promote science or truth or anything like that. So, if anything. Politics has stood in the way of the application of science rather than promoted it. Are you going to trust? I mean, how... If you trust that government leaders are motivated by science and not politics, you might be an NPC. All right. New symptoms of COVID are out from the sun. -sun V-sun.com. Delta Force. Most common COVID symptoms have changed, Doc War- Docs warn. Here's what they are. For over a year, people have been alert to a new cough, loss of smell and taste and the high temperature. Now, the, the actual loss of, of smell and taste, that's a pretty distinct one, but also happens with a lot of flus. You don't think about it because it's subtle. You go, oh, yeah, I had the flu and... Because uh, my nose wasn't working, I was all congested. I didn't, I didn't you know, food was bland. I couldn't really taste or smell anything for a week. Yeah, uh-huh. we just—it's it, just kind of like one of those kind of rare quirks of getting the flu. But we can use it to make people scared of the new flu, the Wuhan flu. Right? Don't worry, we'll get to John Stewart uh, and ripping off CBS. We're violating—we're violating their intellectual property. Right? Yeah. Um, but this now appears to be outdated and it could be causing undiagnosed people to spread the virus further. <laughs> if you are under 40, the signs to look for now are headaches, sore throat, and runny nose, according to data. <laughs> oh, well, if data said so. Data said it. Data said it. Data's really I smart. I mean, he's artificial intelligence, right? Data. Oh, no, it's lowercase data. My bad. Um, yeah. You know, those That was a Star Trek reference. Uh, If you are over 40, the key signs are headache, runny nose, and sneezing. As opposed to headache, sore throat, runny nose, headache, runny nose, sneezing. Mm. Really? Mm. Be afraid of everything. All of it. A leading professor says the Delta variant first identified in India seems to work slightly differently.
1: However, it could also
0: be because COVID is currently causing an epidemic in young people, and symptoms are known to vary by age group. Mm -hmm. Professor Tim Spector, lead on the study, told the Telegraph, quote, since the start of May, we've been looking at the top symptoms, and they are not the same as they were. Number one is headache, followed by sore throat, and I'm like, how much of this shit is, is just pure psychosomatic? And then the next story we have... <laughs> and we're like, oh shit! I mean, just just stop and think about this. Like, even for all like the the pro COVID people out there, who are like, yes, we should be afraid. Just think of how hyped up this thing has been. Like, just it's been really hyped up. Like, it's hyped up, like fairly or unfairly. You think it's all fair? Okay, even for you, COVID idiots out there, when you just if, you're, if you think of yourself as like the smart, rational one, remember that there are a lot of not-so-smart, not-so-rational people out there who when you scare about a new anything and this is introduce a new disease to a classroom full of college students and a bunch of them are like, oh, do I have that? Yeah. Being a psych major in undergrad is really fun, by the way. Everybody thinks they're crazy at some point. France24.com. A fifth of asymptomatic COVID patients develop long COVID. You could have a disease with no symptoms for a long time. Almost a fifth of COVID patients without symptoms went on to experience conditions consistent with long COVID a month after their initial diagnosis. According to a huge study published Tuesday. How big was that study? It was huge. It was Trumpian even. The analysis by nonprofit Fair Health encompassed insurance claims from 1.96 million Americans, the largest population of patients ever studied for long COVID, it's a new thing. Long COVID, where it mm-hmm. was long haulers. We all know that now. This is long COVID, from February twenty to February twenty-one. Even as the COVID nineteen pandemic wanes, long haul COVID persists as a public health issue affecting many Americans. I mean, I'm like, but what are, what, and 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 I wonder if the like people who have no symptoms, but they have like, if I had, oh shit, Joey. Joey, I think I have, I must have long haul asymptomatic COVID. Uh, I have been healthy this whole time, but really, I've had, I've had long COVID. I was, I was def- I should be afraid. <laughs> be afraid! Be, it, 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 they're really stretching to keep people afraid. But th- what they're doing is giving the people who want to be afraid, as a result of the larger conditioning, to be an NPC when they grow up. It's uh, enough for them to hold on to. Uh, long COVID refers to symptoms of the disease that persists more than four weeks after being diagnosed. The study found that across all ages, the most common post-viral conditions were in order of frequency, pain, breathing difficulties, high cholesterol, general discomfort and fatigue, and high blood pressure. Don't those all kind of go along with, what's that other condition we talked about? Obesity. Obesity. Yeah, Yeah. obesity. That one. Okay. Uh, To the AP, now Associated Press, AP News.com, more evidence suggests COVID-19 was in U.S. by Christmas 2019. (gasps) A new analysis of blood samples from 24,000 Americans taken early last year is the latest and largest study to suggest that the new coronavirus popped up in the U.S. in December 2019. Weeks before cases were first recognized by health officials. At, at what point do they just completely discredit themselves all over the place? Uh, but it, it, here's one thing you should be afraid of and, and to be aware of, not afraid, don't, don't be afraid. But, uh, well, skipping ahead, uh, CBS2, if you have the Los Angeles, Jim. Off-duty Delta flight attendant becomes unruly, forcing plane from L.A. to Atlanta to land in Oklahoma City. And this is just so great for me, because they're, like, blaming us for being unruly passengers. And it's like, nope, nope. (laughs) Off-duty flight attendant. Didn't Ben Swan report that last summer? Yeah, the idea that COVID-19 was in the U.S. in December... Um, it's not a new theory and and you' I think yeah, I think you're really right to point out Benson who's been on a lot of this and the, the style of journalism uh, that, that he is capable of is uniquely valuable right now but the uh, when we talked about this like last year, it was sort of dismissed so I, I suppose what I should do to modify my coverage there is point out yes this is this is mainstream now because a huge study got behind it. Um, But yeah, uh, on Delta Flight 1730, going from L.A. to Atlanta, was forced to divert when a man became unruly mid-flight. The aircraft landed in Oklahoma City. He was removed by law enforcement. Delta confirmed he was an off-duty flight attendant for the company. Oh. I-, I wouldn't admit that, guys. You should say he's a former flight attendant. Uh, yeah. It's sort of like
2: Fire if you former.
0: fall... If you fall on a construction <laughs> site, you're fired right before you hit the ground. Your former employee, your for, former employee was on the job site for some reason, injured himself. Yeah. Was, reliable. Was, no. uh, yeah. Why doesn't Delta pull that shit here? Like, oh no. If you're a Delta flight, a, a flight attendant and you get kicked off or beat unruly, you're fired by policy before the cops come and pick you up. And we have to say anything to the press. Um, but they're saying, uh, "Be so the passengers on the flight who witnessed the incident said the man made a strange announcement over the plane's PA, telling everyone to take their seats and prepare to put on their oxygen masks." That's when they say the disruptive passenger attempted to open the cabin door, and then Delta said, "No, he didn't try to open the cabin door. We were safe the whole time." Yeah, but the flight crew did have to restrain him. And they're saying, "Well, it's COVID stress, COVID stress, freaking everybody out." And know it's like remember joey they banned serving alcohol because people were being unruly so what happens to the people who need alcohol for the therapeutic benefit to get through a flight and flight attendants go yeah we'd rather you be a little lubricated for this one and sedate. alcohol is a sedative sedate people no i'll bet what happened with this guy some kind of pills and front-loading alcohol before the flight i can't drink on the plane anymore and i know this because i'm a flight attendant and uh, but they'll let me see, I'll sneak my own on. And then, yeah. and then you're you're forcing drug use into the shadows. Sadder incident to be aware of, and why I say you should have some rational fear on this one. Cashier dead, two wounded during argument over Georgia Stores mask policy. Sure. One of the wounded victims is an off-duty deputy. And in this case, they are they are promoting the story as off-duty deputy doing the right thing. In contrast to the other story we didn't cover today that was in the producer's club, off-duty police officer accused of pointing gun at fellow driver in road incident yeah. with a service gun. Yeah. Anyway, but this is uh, a case of, of an off-duty sheriff, at least allegedly, allegedly doing the right thing, um, taking out uh, a shooter, but not very good tactically. It's almost like they shouldn't have admitted this, but he left the store without making the purchase, returned inside, walked directly back to the cashier, pulled out the handgun, shot her, the off-duty officer pulled his weapon and opened fire on Tucker. Tucker was hit but returned fire and struck the off-duty officer twice. Another cashier was grazed by a bullet. He was treated at the scene according to the GBI. Maybe the copier made it worse. Now, shoot him right away in the head, torso, take him out so we can't make another shot. Good, right? At least if that's tactically called for. You've got a guy violently out of But, but even then. Could there have been an opportunity to de-escalate? If he was going to shoot just this one guy, if he wasn't this one female, this cashier, if he was on Rampage, you know, well, shit. Maybe even the cop made it worse, if only, you know, compared to a, uh, you know, a, a private citizen who probably would have had better trained sense of responsibility and shot more effectively with that first shot. Or just, oh, we have a random shooter. I'm on boom, 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 done. Hey, everybody, secure, right? No, uh, but yeah, people are on edge. There's a lot of variety of behavior right now to watch out for. CBS4 Miami, Royal Caribbean postponed sailing on Odyssey of the Seas after crew members test positive for COVID. Yeah, that's still a thing they're fighting over. The Sun.com, the U.S. Sun, not all fun at games. Team GV stars threatened with this is Great Britain. Stars threatened with deportation, jail, and Olympic medals being stripped if they break Tokyo quarantine rules. Healthy disrespect if you've been properly trained how to shoot, wanted to shoot the gun out of his hand. Um, yeah, if, if well, because if you have an active shooter and you miss that, you you want to shoot to kill. Um, unfortunately, that's yeah, it's it's a nice tactical fantasy. And if we had better technology, hey, maybe someone wants to argue with me on this with the tactics was possible. And I say, Yes, if you have that, if you are so good, if you are like expert, expert level marksman. And you can from across the store go, okay, I'm going to shoot the gun out of his hand or shoot him in the hand and go, okay, yeah, take that shot. But here's the thing if you miss and that guy's on a rampage and he turns and kills you next, yeah, you don't take that shot. You, you shoot for the head, you shoot for the body, you shoot to disable, um, to, to, or shoot, excuse me, shoot to kill if that's the weapon you have available to stop a killer. I would hope that soon we'll have better weapons. It will have a taser that you can stun and you hit them anywhere in the body and totally take someone out. Um, I, I think we get to that being more reliable than a firearm. We're going to save a lot of lives. Bloomberg at MSN.com, Brazilians growing happy and angry as inequality hits record. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: this is a COVID story. Brazilians haven't felt so bad in 15 years as social inequality hits record levels with the pandemic in the job market and causing a large income drop for the poorest. Remember, they're uh, also dealing with inflation there, and soon they might be printing the Brazilian dollar bill. Just kidding. Okay, that was, that was a bad Rick and Morty reference.
5: Uh, but if I say it was a Rick and
0: Morty reference, it might not be as bad of a joke because Rick Rick said it was a Brazilian. All right, watch Rick and Morty. Ed Vallejo, foam glue gun. Uh, yeah, uh, potentially. I don't know about that. We have just enough time to hear uh, John Stewart on. Uh, on uh, the late show Stephen Colbert if you would pull that up This is courtesy uh, of Western Journal uh, I, I guess I should it's, say it's gonna be Courtesy access. of the late show Courtesy of CBS Whatever They're gonna Um. Maybe movie. maybe we'll have to interrupt Go ahead Jim roll tape Maybe we'll, maybe we'll interrupt Hey everybody we'll
5: interrupt back Look at that Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Folks, our guest tonight is Jon Stewart.
0: I, saw, I thought this was the clip that started with him just talking about the virus, but we'll get to that.
5: I guess this is it. This is a, a, a delight to have you here, Mike.
4: Oh, my God. There's nothing I wanted to do more than
5: breathe everyone's air. <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is I, what I know I about want. you. This is what I know about you. We are, we are truly dear friends, and yet this is the first time I've seen anyone. In the flesh in 15 months.
4: that is that is that is correct right and i am so really happy <laughs> and i know we're all vaccinated and i'm not gonna get COVID, but I, i'm gonna get something um I, I, I i'm honestly these people did not take good care of themselves during the pandemic
5: last time well actually the first time we talked during yeah. covid i was still in south carolina and that's and, right and you was, were you were locked down. down I was locked down down there and the family Evie and the kids were the actual crew from that's there. right you, and that's how we were doing it we're doing it in a little unused little bedroom with cables through the window and that's right a satellite truck on our lawn and I mean like the, the room was twice the size of this desk I think I'm not joking Chris could tell you it's really right. really tiny but the whole the point was like just get it done to get something out there we really wanted to do the show and when when i interviewed you for it you were talking about how little progress we've made in science in combating pandemics because in 1918 Mm -hmm. the advice was wear a mask wash your hands that's right and 100 years later 103 years later wear a mask wash your hands
4: it was so crushing to find that i was really hoping that like in 1918 they'd be like drink a tincture of mercury and (laughs) butterfly juice like like you i was hoping it'd be like some bizarre thing i'm like we've come a long way baby it's the exact
5: same how do you feel about the science now so i will say this
4: i i and i honestly mean this i think we owe a great debt of gratitude to science science has in many ways, helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic, uh, which was more than likely caused by science. <laughs> so, and that's kind of what was that? No, 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 no.
5: <laughs> Not listen, listen. I'm, it's I'm, coffee. I would do that. I'm I wouldn't do cool. that to you. I'm so what, for do you, takes, well, what do you what 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 do you mean? By it? Do you mean like well, so there's a, there a chance that this was created in a lab? There's an investigation. A chance? Well, but so, I don't. I, I, oh I, my God. There's evidence. I'd love to hear. It. There's I don't
4: know. a novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. That's just. That's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then I asked those scientists, they're like, how did this... So wait a minute. You work at the Wuhan Respiratory Coronavirus Lab. How did this happen? And they're like, "Mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. And you're like, no. The name of your lab, if you look at the name, look at the name. Can I... Let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the Coronavirus Lab... In Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey, and then it sneezed into my chili, and now we all have coronavirus. Like, okay, wait, okay, wait, okay. Wait a second. Okay. Wait a second. Wait a what second. about this? What about wait a this? Second. Listen to this. Wait a second. All right. John. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe a steam shovel made it with a cocoa bean. Or it's the chocolate factory. Maybe that's it. That could be.
5: That could be. That that could By be. By the way, me- I gave them all
4: tuberculosis.
5: Yes. That could that could very well be, and Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins and NIH have said like it should definitely be investigated. Yeah, don't stop with the logic and people and things. The no, name I'm... of the disease. Wait a second. Wait is a on second. The building. Wait a second. But I, I, it could be possible. You could be right. It could be possible that they have the lab in, in Wuhan to study the novel coronavirus diseases because in Wuhan there are a lot of novel coronavirus diseases. Because of the bat population sure, no, there, I understand. It's it. like the saying, "It's like, a local a specialty,
4: and it's the only place to find bats." You won't find bats Nobody's anywhere. I Oh, why? "Wait, Austin, Texas has thousands of them that fly out of a cave every night, every night at dusk." Is there a, a coronavirus in Austin? Coronavirus? No, it doesn't seem to be in Austin coronavirus. The only coronavirus we have is in Wuhan, yes, where they have. A lab called, what's the lab called again, Stephen?
5: The Wuhan novel coronavirus lab. I believe that's uh-huh. the case. And now, how long have you worked for Senator Ron Johnson? Let me tell you something.
2: Let me tell you something
0: Ron- <laughs> All right. So you see, this is why I'm a little suspect of this, the, the, the Wuhan being anything more than a diversion. Uh, maybe our guest has something to, to say about this, but he, uh, our guest Ian Freeman is going to be joining us in just a few minutes. He's backstage. Very excited to have him on. Obviously, he's got plenty to talk about with his legal situation in the Crypto 6. Not planning on asking him anything about the virus, but if, if, except, you know, I guess, what is a recent jail experience like during a pandemic? So when th- this Wuhan lab thing comes out, it seems like a, a, a diversion of governments trying to point the finger at each other. Even if the American government has an interest in investigating this and getting it out and saying, well, you know, maybe the Chinese were even more responsible for it than we thought. It wasn't some natural fluke that could have come from, as Jon Stewart said, well, maybe a pangolin kissed a turtle and then we all got sick. Uh, no. So when I see the kind of government finger point, I'm like, eh, I, I'm still not convinced it really matters where the virus came from, except that if you go, well, if it came from a lab that might have leaked it, we should shut down the fucking lab. And I go, well, I, I would have said that from the beginning. This is a government funded lab, right? A privately funded lab would never take on such absurd liabilities. As to have a virus that could cause a global pandemic without appropriate safeguards. So, what comes out of this, it's going to be interesting. And is it to it is meaningful to an extent to know the origin of the virus? It doesn't for me change the bigger conclusions, lessons, takeaways, or things that I would hope others can learn from this teachable moment that never seems to end because it just keeps mutating and there are more varieties and variants one after another and oh my god the one bit of coronavirus medication that is not going to change with the whims of the pharmaceutical industry is cannabis and as I will remind you we jokingly refer to this as our COVID vitamins but it is true that the average pot smoker has a slimmer waistline and is therefore less likely to suffer from severe COVID symptoms, but also to be healthier overall. So on that note, I hope you enjoyed our misleading medical advice today. Ladies and gentlemen, it's an honor to have back on Adam versus the man, my friend Ian Freeman from Keene, New Hampshire. He is officially the program director, but really the brains behind everything LRN.FM and Free Talk Live. I mean, Mark Edge, Mark Edge, you know, is the pretty guy who sits next to him. Ian is the one who does all the work. Uh, He's a co host of Free Talk Live, minister in the Shire Free Church. Uh, and he is absolutely, de- I mean, Ian, when people accuse me of being a legend in the, in the Liberty movement, I look up and I see Ian Freeman.
2: Oh, and come on now. <laughs> his,
0: his, 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 commitment to the cause that is, you know, really a, a man who I think shares my core motivations as an activist and has just been doing it for a few years longer. Someone I always learned from and have learned from. Um Founded the Free Keen blog going back to late 2006. Ian, do you remember where I was in late 2006 when you founded the Free Keen blog? Were you still in the military at that time? I was was a sergeant managing a fucking barracks at Camp Pendleton. So uh, most recently, Ian has made a, a name for himself again as the... Leader, I, I most the, the ring lead. I think they're calling
2: you the ringleader. At this I think point. they actually called me the kingpin at uh, the one point. Yes,
0: yes. Oh, yes. oh I'm, hey, see, I as an activist, I know that Ian has a similar bucket list to mine. Like, someday I want to get charged with inciting a riot, someday I want to be accused by the government of being a kingpin. So, congratulations, Ian. Big check for you recently with the crypto six. And, uh, I, 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 hey you know, as always, the platform is yours. I would love it if you could start with, you know, the background of your maybe your more recent activism that led to the crypto six rates.
2: Yeah. Um, thank you, as, as always, you know, for having me on the show. And you mentioned sitting next to Mark Edge. Uh, that's actually something I'm not allowed to do right now. There are. <laughs> There's some pretty crazy uh, bail restrictions on me, and uh, one of them is I can't actually speak to the person with whom I've done my radio show since 2002, Mark Edgington, um, amongst others. Uh, I can't speak with Aria Demetso, uh, Melanie Neighbors, uh, Michael Hampton, several people who are very, very close friends uh, of mine I'm prohibited from, from contacting. So it's, now, it's, now, hold it's, on,
0: Ian. When when you're found innocent and the government determines that your crimes have no victims and you should face no consequences, you're going to be able to sue and be compensated for having your business ruined and your communication hampered and all these uh, these undue restrictions placed on you. Right? Government agents will be held financially liable and accountable for all of this.
2: I wouldn't uh, get my hopes up about that. You know, they have uh, qualified immunity, quote unquote, and. Uh, They have, like, there's court decisions, I think, that say that, well, as long as the government thought they were doing the right thing, then it's okay if they went ahead and, you know, destroyed your studio at six in the morning on a 10 degree. Uh, cold night here in March in, in New Hampshire, smashing in windows, oh, and yeah. terrifying the dog, letting it run all through the streets for 20 minutes. And by the way, I want to send my best to you. I heard that Baloo passed away recently, so yes. I want to send some love to you for that. Exactly. My uh, I had jazzy down last year myself.
0: No, I, I appreciate that. Ian was a friend of Baloo's from the time that Baloo got to spend in New Hampshire at Porkfest at, and, and, and our various visits to Keene. But, but Ian, I just, I I want I want to point out that you are welcome to use uh, Adam versus the man to send coded messages to these people if you need to so uh, blink three times if you want to say hi to Aria uh, don't blink at all if you want to say hi to mark okay that was see he' just violated his probation there' release terms there uh, I'm trying to get you in trouble obviously um, yeah.
2: Well, I may actually. Um, there's a motion in Aria's um, attorney filed a motion to actually allow us to talk to one another about doing like show-related stuff, because you know, when I when they put me in a jail cell, you, you mentioned I was the program director of LRN.fm. I mean, LRN is is you know, it's, it's basically a hobby. There's not a staff or anything of any meaning. You know, Aria is kind of like the associate program director and. Um, and we're it basically. And, and so when I was gone, uh, Ernie Hancock's show was like dead air for three weeks just because the mm-hmm. feds came in here and just unplugged uh, a bunch of the equipment. You know, they didn't take all the equipment. They just fucked it up. And uh, and so, you know, it's difficult to try to fix those things over a phone line. Uh, and, and I wasn't able to talk to her even while I was in jail because she's a co-defendant in the case. So there's automatically a no contact order that gets put in place when there's more than one defendant so i mean so I was having to talk to somebody else uh captain kickass and he wasn't nearly as familiar with the studio setup i mean it's a it's a miracle that we were able to stay on the air and it's a real testament to the dedication of the the rest of the free talk live crew that you know they were still doing they were doing another show that very night uh that the raid happened so we we did stay on the air and it's it's thanks to people like aria and and captain kickass and the rest of them Nice.
0: Yeah, I know you. You got a, an incredible team behind you there. Uh, about, I mean, we've covered the raid. Uh, it was not it you it, from from stories that you and I have covered. You go oh, well, relatively mild. Nobody got shot. Uh, you know, the dogs didn't get shot. That's true. Um, there was there was a moderate amount of property damage. It it was, it, it was a, a, an offensive raid on a group of activists. To, to, to fuck with y'all so as, as, as just part of the oh well we can do it we'll get away with it we can they they treat you like I mean worse than drug dealers because drug dealers are just market competitors whereas activists like us are saying no we need to stop this whole government racket and uh, aside from that general you know inconvenience property destruction was there anything that stood out about the raid for you
2: I mean it definitely was um completely unnecessary. Um they could have shown up at two in the afternoon, knocked on the door and come you know, we would have let them in with a warrant. They had their warrant. Um, but they they wanted to to break some shit and they did. So um and it you know, it was completely uh, it was a terrorizing thing, obviously. I mean, you and I, we've both been through these things. And it's it's no fun, but you know we're institutionalized to the point of where we're kind of used to it. You know, you've been to you've been to prison. I've been to jail. Um, you've been raided before. Uh, we've been raided before. This is actually the second raid. Uh, it was actually almost five years to the almost five years to the day since they raided <laughs> us back in uh, in 2016. But in 2016, they just pound you know the We should
0: we should make those dates government holidays. Make
2: them official. <laughs> And, and at least like,
0: get the, so the rates can become more predictable. at least.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope it's the last one that, uh, that I have to go through. I mean, it was the first one for my girlfriend, Bonnie. And, you know, it's a pretty terrorizing thing to wake up at six in the morning to the sound of glass busting in on the, yeah. the you know, the first floor of your house. And you don't know what's going on. Um, it's 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 pretty scary for for anybody. And no one should have to go through that who hasn't actually harmed another human being. Well, you live in the city of Keene, right? Uh, allegedly, <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, yeah, allegedly. But see, this is this is what you see. Yeah, I have I have a new a new line. You're gonna you'll, you'll dig this when someone asks me what city do you live in. You know what the answer is. Real libertarians don't live in cities. Yes, yeah, see, like, I, I I enjoy the luxury of being down three miles of private dirt road, as you know. And I I'd like to think there's some protection
2: in that. You know, yeah, we got I saw busy- the FBI came to visit you too recently.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very. And and we're, we're today, we're going to be releasing the rest of that video where they actually took, uh, Ed Vallejo's cell phones. Very, uh, very interesting how they approached from my back. Anyway, you'll find that on all my channels later. Adam versus man. blah, blah, blah. More about Ian. So about Ian, this, 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 I want you to talk about this new sector of activism, if you will, that, that, precipitated this that the government is using as the excuse to come after you right now. So with Bitcoin, with the, uh, with, with the Shire free church and you know, what they're, what, are, what, how do you explain how, how does what you were doing turn into the excuses that they're using to come after you?
2: Well, um, so for years, you know, we know, you know, that we did a lot of civil disobedience up here in Keene, a lot of uh, really great stuff. You were, of course, uh, part of the Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree, which people yeah. can see over at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. And after that period, uh, we kind of moved into more of like an economic activism where... Yeah, hold on, know, I, should, I should also point
0: out, it would, it would be, I would be remiss to not point out, uh, Mr. Nobody's, uh, cannabis protests, in the square there being behind those, that was and and his role now as one of the crypto six as well. We're going to have to
2: cover. Yeah. Um, and I hope that we'll be able to see him get out on bail. He is still in a jail cell. So he's the one of the crypto six that has not yet been given bail. He's appealing his denial of bail right now. And so we're waiting for another court hearing on that. So if your listeners or your viewers out there want to help out, uh, one way to do that would be to contact nobody. Send him a, um, send him mail, you know, uh, send him a book. Uh, you, you know, you can get the the address over at thecrypto6.com. I believe it is listed up there uh, on that site. And I'm sure he would appreciate hearing from uh, from anybody that, that appreciates the activism that he has done. For listeners that are, or for viewers that don't recall, he was previously known as Rich Paul. So he changed his name a couple of years ago uh, before he ran for governor here in the Republican primary in, in the year 2020, which was a, a lot of fun. And... <laughs> He's a great guy. And so we, we kind of moved into like a more of an economic activism instead of civil disobedience, because civil disobedience is great as it is. If you only have a handful of people, it's just not sustainable. It can only go for, you know, for so long, because the, the sentences just keep amping up the more you get arrested, as you I'm sure I, know.
0: Yeah, I would even go further to say that the point of civil disobedience is economic civil disobedience, as in the point is to inspire it, right? I mean, you can do civil disobedience to make a point and teach a lesson and, and illuminate an issue, but if it's not followed up by an actual shift in economic behavior, which libertarians would define economic behavior as very broadly voting with your feet, voting with your dollars, and I would say that the product of, of that era of you know post Ron Paul civil disobedience that was so strong uh, has led to the motivation for crypto. A lot of people, a lot of the crypto movement. Is is people who are like, yeah, I remember the dance party at the Jefferson. You know, I remember hearing you know hearing Ian on the radio and going, okay, well, that's all fine and well. Civil disobedience isn't my thing. I can buy some Bitcoin.
2: Exactly, and that's kind of a subversive thing to do. Uh, to is to get into cryptocurrency, and if you're doing it quietly, that's cool. Um, But, you know, if you've been paying attention to Keen and the activism that goes on here, you know, we don't do much quietly. So, you know, (laughs) we wanted to get out there and put it out, put crypto out on Front Street. And so we started to. Talk to local business owners here in town, um, starting with Corner News in 2013, which they started taking cryptocurrency. Back in the day, they used to have Cop Block T-shirts for sale uh, in this little corner store. And so they've sort of always been friendly. The owner there has always been friendly to us. And she used to sell like silver. Uh, for instance. So she's been friendly to the idea of alternative currencies. And so she was a natural to approach when it came to uh, to Bitcoin. So she started taking Bitcoin before there were even any altcoins uh, that had come out. And so she was the first. And, and since that time, we've added at least another dozen like physical brick and mortar mom and pop Uh, businesses. So, you know, you want to go get your car repaired for crypto, you can do that here in Keene. You want to go to the dentist, there's literally a dentist that takes crypto. There's a couple of, there's a a barber and a hair salon and probably at least half a dozen uh, food establishments from Indian food to hamburgers, uh, pizza, and uh, there's Fakim Great, the uh, international, the the restaurant that made international headlines over its uh, naming controversy, they're now taking cryptocurrency (laughs) as of last year. So it's been really rewarding to help, you know, local business owners start taking cryptocurrency. I mean, if we could have come here in 2006 or 2005 and, you know, early, early on in the, in the Free State Project and actually helped people gain wealth and, You know, uh, sustain their businesses. That would have been, you know, even more, I think, uh, effective activism than doing civil disobedience. Not to say that uh, the civil disobedience wasn't effective in its own way. It certainly did bring attention to what we were doing here, and and bring some great um, activists like Derek J and others uh, to move to New Hampshire. And I think that's been very valuable. I mean, I wouldn't take it back, but I, I love the idea of you know being able to actually help people, and so that's what we were doing here. Uh, We founded the, some of us founded the Shire Free Church in 2012, and uh, and so part of the church sort of mission is to spread peace, or to foster peace. And as you know, uh, Adam, and I'm sure a lot of your viewers know, the government money system fosters violence, and it fosters war, and it fosters evil and killing innocent people all around the world. So it was just a natural, like, dovetailing of the mission of the church, which is an interfaith peace ministry, to crypto, you know, helping spread cryptocurrency, whether it be to local business owners accepting it, to giving it away to people in the local community, which the church has done. We've been we've given away just free crypto to people um, via radio advertisements and print advertisements over the last several years. There's been hundreds of uh, just average folks here in the Keene area that have received like 50 bucks worth of Dash and and Bitcoin cash, and then they can do whatever they want with it. And, you know, some of that was funded by cryptocurrency vending machines and, uh, and you know, helping spread crypto through that means. And so to, to me, it was just a natural dovetailing. Every dollar we can get out of the their system and into alternatives like gold or silver or cryptocurrency yeah. is a dollar that they can't spend to kill people all around the planet. Okay. So there's this
0: thing with the church being a government recognized legal entity as a church that you are sort of exploiting as a loophole. I mean even even looking at it, I I, I want to give you the full chance. I know it's not the right terminology yeah. necessarily, but that's how a lot of the statists look at this. A lot of, oh there's a they're not going they're to
2: uh, – one of the things they're going to argue, I'm sure, in this case, and I'm just saying this based on their filings that they've made publicly, is that you know they called the Shire Free Church a purported church. So they're going to try to make the argument that Shire Free Church it's isn't even a church. real church, yeah. and they're going to use the city of Keene when we applied for a tax exemption on this property. They denied it. Uh, and they denied it two or three years in a row. And we just decided at the time that we couldn't afford the the money to take this to trial to fight them over it. But just because the city of Keene denies a tax application doesn't mean that we're not a church. And, you know, to be a church is it's church is an idea, just like government is an idea. It's something that uh, that men came up with to help them worship. Uh, whatever form of God that they believe in. and you know I think it was Jesus who said that wherever two or more are gathered in my name, you know is a church. so yeah this is an interfaith church and it was it was formed in in all seriousness it was uh, created in a way as a way to uh, to have people who are like us who believe in peace to actually have a, a place where they can go to to sort of be a sanctuary from those let's call them state churches churches that, on one hand claim to, to have a God, but then on the other hand, they worship the flag and they worship the state. And some of them even seem to put uh, the state at a higher level than their God. So th- that is very disturbing for a lot of people, whether you be a Christian or whether you be a Muslim or a, a panentheist like myself, um, it's a very disturbing trend. And so to, to have a free church is valuable.
0: So yeah, I don't know about that. I, I, There's a bit of a sidebar for my own intellectual curiosity indulgence here. You know, I, I identify as a pantheist slash Buddhist slash Wiccan. You yeah. know, to, uh, a creator of my own spirituality from those sources, where pantheism describes uh, an appreciation for the spirituality and everything, and the, and to me, that's that's the foundation. And I'm I'm curious, like, because it, it, it this sounds like it, I, I'm skeptical that as a church, when you've rejected. Status churches, or even mainstream authoritarian Christianity, as a lot of libertarian Christians have. So, like, what what is the what happens at the church? What is the spiritual service that you're you're creating aside from the community and the sanctuary? Is there is there a real church function to this?
2: So, if you're asking if there's like a building, um, there's actually is a building. We uh, the Shire Free Church donated a. Uh, a house next door to the bitcoin embassy right now and that is was used by will coley i don't know if you remember will from yes uh, the, of course he moved up American here with his, with his family military. yeah great guy um the the redneck muslim as uh as he calls yes. himself he's uh he's an imam and he started a uh started a mosque here in Keene, and that that mosque actually still exists but will had to leave a couple of years ago because his father was dying and uh, and his father did subsequently pass away, and now his mother seems to be on the way out. So he hasn't yet been able to return. We've kept the mosque in um, mosque shape. It's still still there, untouched. Um, it's beautiful, and it's inside this this house. There's also an interfaith area in the same building. So again, it's sort of a multi-purpose thing. Um, so there is a physical space, but ultimately the church was uh, a media ministry and that's in, you know, the church runs free talk live and free talk live advocates for peace. And so that's all part and parcel of what we're doing here. Oh,
0: that's great. What, not exactly what I was asking. What I was asking more is like, what happens? What is the activity of the church? What is the spiritual services provided when people come together there? What are they they getting out of the church experience?
2: So there isn't a, um, a meeting per se, You know, it's not, Sharfee Church wasn't founded to be a place, a physical building with a steeple. It was founded as an outreach ministry, a media ministry, if you will. So, I mean, there's plenty of churches that have television programs, for instance. We do a radio show and uh, we do a commercial radio show on a bunch of radio stations that isn't pound you over the head with religion, but it is a message of peace. And that's ultimately what the goal of the church is. It's a peace church and God is peace peace uh, god is love so to spread those words in a in a place and a time where whenever you tune in on the radio you hear warmongering and sword you know sword clattering and uh you know hate speech and things like that to uh, to to counter that is is our mission and to uh, to spread the idea of peace now if somebody wants to open up a physical shire free church I and mean, we have done things like study sessions with the the Tao Te Ching and uh, sort of one-off things like that. But there's no like every Sunday, 10 a.m., you know, in a building singing hymns. So it's not that kind of a church. So
0: so it's a church for organization of community, for fellowship and advocacy of these
2: religious values. Yeah, well, and also it's interfaith. So we want to bring people of different, uh, differing belief systems together. You don't have to agree on all the details on what God is or you know how, what the purpose of the universe is in order to come together in the same place, whether it's a physical place or an online discussion uh, or on the radio and be able to talk about things and, and learn from each other. The one uniting thing that we have together is that we're advocates of peace. So people who mm-hmm. favor war, Uh, are not welcome as ministers of the Shire Free Church. But otherwise, you can be, uh, you know, you can be Islamic, you can be Christian, you can be panentheistic or Quaker. These, I'm just naming some of the the, uh, the religions that ministers in the Shire Free Church have held.
0: All right. So thank you for indulging that sidebar. Can you bring us back to then the financial side of this, the relevance of using crypto and the role of the church in promoting peace and how that turned into whatever the heck they're charging you with at this point.
2: They've charged me and, um, several of my friends, the crypto six with various things like, uh, of course the the ever favorite conspiracy to, uh, commit money transmission and actual money transmission. (laughs) Uh, they of course had to throw in a money laundering charge, which is total BS and then there's also a bunch of accounts of quote-unquote wire fraud and we're still not real clear on what that means because there's something like 130,000 pages or documents
0: in the discovery
2: that we're uh that we're receiving so uh, as you might imagine we haven't really had a chance to uh make a dent in uh in the discovery in this particular case yet so it's not real clear what they're alleging but um you know, it does have to do with uh, with spreading Bitcoin. And we know that the state is uh, pretty afraid of, uh, of cryptocurrency, they don't know what to do about it. So they lash out uh, violently at wherever they possibly can. And of course, they've been investigating the, the keen activists for mm, more than 15 years, there was an FBI agent who was investigating people like Dave Ridley, one of the earliest movers here. Yeah, the Ridley report. Yeah, Um, and he recently did an amazing 24 day journey across Southern New Hampshire going to different police stations and and leaving grievances with them uh, all the way to the federal courthouse in Concord. And he did this to support the crypto six. He actually was dressed mm-hmm. as Gandhi. So he had like a bald head and a, like the, <laughs> the, the traditional like Gandhi apparel. And he was literally camping out on the side of the road. And and it was an amazing thing. I, I saw some of it while I was in jail. I was, I was held for 69 days uh, on uh, pre, you know, pre-trial. And yeah, it's been that long now. God damn. Well, yeah, it's been longer than that. So nobody's been in for I don't know. mm, He's going on 90 days, I think, um, probably this week. So kudos to Dave Ridley. I mean, that guy's an incredible uh, activist. Uh,
0: Rich is just trying to beat my four months in DC so we can say I've done more time than you even for this one. He's uh, already got
2: you beat. He did a year. He did a year on the uh, the cannabis charges back in 2012 when they arrested him. Actually, by the way, it's an interesting detail. The very same FBI agent, his name is Phil Christiana. Um, he was the he was the person behind putting nobody in a prison cell for selling weed when he tried to get nobody to wear a wire into the Keene uh-huh. Activist Center back in 2012, uh-huh. and nobody turned it down, said, Go ahead and put me on trial. Well, they did, they convicted him of selling weed and purported LSD. And he went to jail for a year uh, on that up here. And that Phil Christiana is the very same agent who was investigating Dave Ridley in 2005, uh, and he was the person behind this particular case, or at least one of the agents in charge behind the scenes, according to some of the documents that uh, that have been floating around out there. So this guy's been obsessed with uh, with the Free State Project and libertarians in New Hampshire. That's been basically his his job uh, for the last 15 years, and he's still at it. Ugh. ugh, Now I look so many sidebars.
0: I always want to talk to you about, and there's a, there's a big core narrative we want to get to here. But I, you know, I I think I want to ask, what would you want to do about this guy? I mean, you want you want me to, you know, <clears throat> uh, no, just kidding. No. Not violently. That's that's code for give him kisses, um, right? Hug. Free hugs yeah. and kisses for for feds, um, but. I think about Jeremy Hastings, you know, when he was going after specific corruption at the Pentagon and naming names and then died mysteriously in a car accident. And I, I've kind of been like, you know, both for ideological reasons, but also practical reasons. Like it's not worth going after individuals and in government. Do you have any feelings on this when it's so poignant to your immediate case?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're all part of a terrible system and, you know, some of them are are more human uh, than others, more in touch with their, you know, whatever emotions that they may have still. Um, so I mean, that I humanity. It's like, it's like I told I told my probation officer because even though I'm not on probation, I'm pretrial. They uh, I've, I've got an ankle monitor on. I'm on home confinement here. So when when he came over, I said, Hey, look, you know, I don't judge people based on. The fact that they work for the government, I, I look at everybody as an individual, so I'm not going to judge you based on what the FBI, the terrible things that they did to uh, to me and my my friends and family. So and so far, he's been, you know, he's not been a bad right. bad guy. He's been pretty decent, all things considered. So it's best to look at people as individuals, and these are these are human beings. Uh, they're people who you know i could have been them uh, you were them at one time you know we we yeah. all made made choices that led us in the direction that we've been and had we made different choices we could have been these people so it's important to look at them as our you know i like to see them as like our confused brothers and sisters and hopefully by by mm-hmm. you know ministering peace and and love and forgiveness uh, to these people and talking about the ideas of liberty maybe some of them will come on board and and that has that has happened i mean um, at the very first Keenvention that I threw here in Keen back in 2013, our keynote speaker was a former jail guard who quit his job. So it can happen.
0: It, if it isn't already, and, and, and libertarianism somehow becomes a religion itself, you you are going to be the, uh, the the founding minister of of. I, this is like to me, this is music to my ears to say, yeah, that's when when so many who see the injustices of government are given the opportunity to judge individuals, they succumb to that temptation rather than stay true to the humanity that is supposedly driving the message of libertarianism, the love behind it. And you cannot condemn somebody. And you say, well, for me, I wasn't. Yeah, but worse than even in the Marines. I I almost became a cop when I got out. Like, Mm -hmm. I really could have gone that way and to see them see you know that that, you know libertarianism speaks to the universality of the human experience and the individual human will and mind and consciousness and spirit even and and that in and of itself makes it a i think a transcendent religion but all right back to the legal stuff back to the immediate here so you got arrested i i i'm kind of curious both uh for for you and for nobody your experience in jail uh but also for uh, for Aria Demetso, uh as a trans person in jail, what her experience was like, but also how dare they lock up activists during a pandemic? I mean, did you have to deal with COVID stupidness, uh, silly shit and more? The, Cause you've been locked up pre-COVID. How does that yeah. compare to, you know?
2: Yeah, it's right a good now. question. It's a good question. Um, so the first thing that happened, one of the first things that happened as they were bringing me into the jail was they, you know, handed a ma- hand, tried to hand me a mask. And I'm like, uh, you, they said, you have to wear this at all times. And I said, well, <laughs> I'm medically exempt. And I refused, I uh, refused it. And okay. you know, he sort of like tried to put up a, uh, a fight, but ultimately relented. And uh, I didn't, I didn't put a mask on the entire time I was in there. Every single right. jailer and every other uh, inmate that I saw was, was wearing a mask. So it was like, you know, it was even more bizarre. Than yeah. your normal jail uh, experience because you can't see yeah. anyone's faces. As you know, it's just very sure. strange. And and of course, you know what these a lot of these jailers do. They they'll use anything they can to just be petty. And and to be fair to the guards at the Merrimack. Correctional, or the Merrimack spiritual retreat, as uh, I like to call it. Most of, them were, <laughs> most of them were decent, and that's that was my experience when I went to jail in, in Cheshire. It's you know one of those things where if you're decent with them, they're they're decent back with you. But of course, there are the few of them that are petty, and so you know this gives those guys the opportunity to tell the inmates, hey, pull your mask up, put your mask, you know, put your mask on or whatever, because you know the inmates will will let it slide, slide down their face as they as they walk around or whatever. But uh, but for the most part, the inmates were very obedient and the guards were on them about, about wearing a mask. Every now and then one of them would say something to me about it. And I'm like, that's medically exempt. And then uh, then they'd usually leave me alone. Every now and then one of them would push a little further and say like, well, you can't just, you know, because uh, I, I have a doctor, you know, that I said, hey, you know, I don't have my note with me because I got arrested in my robe. But, uh, <laughs> you know, normally I've got a wallet card yeah. from this doctor with the, you know, medical exemption on it. It's like, hey, you can call my doctor if you want to. Here's his name. This is where he uh, where he works out of. Uh, so I don't know if they ever did that. I'm not sure if they uh, if they did that. But uh, one of the guards was like, well, you've got to be seen by our doctor. They have to give you the exemption. Like, well, whatever. I'm not putting the mask on. So, so I was <laughs> I was kept in. Uh, I I believe that's the reason why they kept me in solitary confinement for the 69 mm-hmm. days on 23 hour lockdown because um, because I wouldn't wear a mask and they didn't want me in. Uh, in population uh, generally. So I probably could have been in a minimum security kind of uh, population area, but I ended up uh, with a lot of time to myself, plenty of time to read and, and respond to uh, to letters from folks. And I had the cell to myself, so I didn't have a celly, which was nice. Yes.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of, I've had this before and I, I want to repeat this advice for people going to jail uh if you refuse the tb test tuberculosis they put a needle in your arm and i'm pretty sure this is still every single intake in custody for government every every so did you take
2: it yeah yeah I, i did yeah
0: why 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 did you submit to that but not the mask
2: well i mean like i said i've got a medical exemption for the mask i don't have a problem taking a tb test
0: Okay, so I have a problem letting government agents put needles in my body. I have a problem sure. with the premise of the TB test, given that you have something like a one in a million. Jam- I mean, you, you're more likely to get, you know... COVID? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're probably more likely to die from COVID than mm-hmm. tuberculosis in America today. Um, so th- there's this weird little racket in jails where some pharmaceutical companies are making a lot of these TB tests. True. But if you refuse the TB test, they do what they did to Ian for the mask and give you non-punitive solitary isolation, where you still you're just isolated, but you still have your privileges. And for a lot of people, that's a good option compared to the stress and and chaos, perhaps, of going to general if you're not up for it. Uh, I mean, for someone who can handle himself like Ian or myself, the, the the point of not going to general is to just avoid and the the bullshit and have more time to read and write and whatnot. But if you're, if you're not confident in handling yourself with big, crazy dudes who might be violent at any moment. Yeah. explore considering refusing the be test to get non punitive solitary is a good option, but that wasn't idea. the case. Excuse me.
2: That's a good idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and, 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 and by the way, I was, I'm sor- surprised you didn't, you didn't know, uh, you, didn't, you didn't have that one in your bag of tricks, but, uh, different experience for nobody in Aria, correct? I understand nobody was preaching the gospel of the Shire Free Church to general. Yeah,
2: um, nobody put the mask on, and he's uh, he's been led into population, and he has been actively preaching in there. He actually just started up a newsletter as well uh, for people on the outside, um, and, and there's actually a post over at freekeen.com right now that Bonnie made, and I know you had her on the show, so thank you for that, but um, she met, she's, she's typed up what nobody has sent her as like a blog post and has posted that. And so it's like an introduction to his new newsletter for his church, the church of the invisible hand, uh, newsletter is called spank. And so that is available to people that want to sign up for that. Just go to freekeen.com. You can find her email address and, and reach out to her there. But Aria was let out the very same day. So she didn't really have the chance to get, for listeners that don't know, Aria's trans. She ran for sheriff here in Cheshire County in 2020 and made international headlines because she won the Republican primary uh, as they didn't put their normal opponent against her. So she had no no opposition. The Republicans weren't very happy about it. But, uh, but she... Uh, you know, she's a real, a real character. And it would have been interesting to see what they decided to do with her as far as, you know, which cell block would they put her in? I would guess they would do something like put her in solitary and wherever they could, you know, fit her, whether, the, whether it be the medical wing or, or whatever. Right. Did they have her in medical? Okay. Yeah. So I haven't, like I said, I haven't even had a chance to talk to her. I did see her while I was in there. We were all in the uh, the booking area together, not in the same cell, but we were all there, and so I did see her there on that first day, and she was let out that evening. So she never really made it through booking in any meaningful sense. All right. Well, Ian,
0: uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. And there's so many other things I want to talk to you about with this case. If you have to go, I totally understand. But uh, the legal implications for this, I hope at some point we get to. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna be uh, interviewing somebody from, from the crypto six again, as this proceeds legally, as the opportunities present themselves. But I really want to cover for my audience in a much more in-depth way, the implications for this case. And so that people understand what you are illuminating the lines, and policies of government. So please take whatever time you can right now, uh, to tell us about your hope for this case the implications and uh, if you're as victorious as, as you hope to be, you know, what this could mean for freedom?
2: Yeah, that's a, it is a big question. And um, so what it seems like the government has been doing over the last few years is targeting individuals who have been doing things like selling Bitcoin on sites like localbitcoins.com. And that, that is a site that's involved in the Crypto6 case to a large mm-hmm. extent. Um, they've targeted these individuals, and we followed these cases on Free Talk Live for years. So, you know, we've talked about this stuff. We've we've had detailed discussions on the air about this. So, none of this was a secret as far as what um, you know the Crypto Six were up to. We were out on Front Street about it. We had the crypto vending machines as well. And so, basically, what the government is saying is you can't sell Bitcoin without government permission. And yep. I have a fundamental disagreement with that and, and hold on, hold on,
0: hold on. I would I would I would modify that slightly. It's not just without government permission, it's without giving them their cut. That too.
2: Yeah, that too. Um, whatever that means, right? Like, you know, I'm a minister, so I don't I don't pay taxes, but uh, but regardless, um they you know they, they want you to get their permission slipped, they want you to register with their agencies and and jump through whatever hoops. And uh, it, interestingly, the New Hampshire Banking Commission, which isn't the federal government, but you know they do similar regulatory things of of the banking world. When they were asked about, and they were asked by a crypto vending machine company that was going to uh, locate a machine here in Keene, actually at Corner News, uh, this company went to the New Hampshire Banking Commission and and said, "Hey, uh, we're gonna we want to put a." a Bitcoin vending machine in town and we're wondering what, you know, hoops you want us to jump through, you know, because they're like a normal corporation. They're super obedient and they just want to do what right. they're told. So they actually gave the government this sort of opportunity to tell them what to do. And I'm like, Oh man, don't, you know, don't ask them. To <laughs> regulate you. They're going to come up with something. And amazingly three weeks later they got a notice, which I was, they shared with me. So I've read the thing that said, we don't regulate that. We don't, we don't, have to, we don't have to do anything. The New Hampshire banking commission spoke in front of, um, one of their agents spoke in front of the New Hampshire committee on cryptocurrency, which is like some state reps and state senators,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, that, that every year were are gathering to just sort of discuss what the regulatory situation would be with cryptocurrency in New Hampshire and the New Hampshire banking commission ladies spoke to them and this is on video. I was there recording the video and it's, it's on the freaking YouTube channel. Uh, in one of these lengthy hearings, where she says, "quote unquote, we don't regulate that. It's like a vending machine. It's uh, it's like can- selling candy or soda. You know, it's it's a product, and uh, and that's it. And that's that's how they looked at it. Here, we had uh, our our church attorney looked at the federal laws and the state laws regarding quote unquote money transmission and money services businesses and all these legal terms, and and he told us, hey, that's not what you guys are doing." Um, yeah. You know, taking having a donation come in from somebody and giving them a product, uh, you know, premium back in return, giving them something valuable in return. That's not money transmission. You know, money transmission is is uh, like a Western Union where you pay where you pay a third party to send your value to another person. And that's that's a money transmitter. And that's not what we ever did. So they're going to have a a tough case, I think, in, in that way. Uh, like I said, I still don't know what they're alleging with the wire, tra- uh, the quote unquote wire fraud. We haven't dug through the 130,000 uh, documents, but the money transmission thing is what they bring against everybody that has, they've, tra- they've prosecuted for selling Bitcoin. And they always love to bring a uh, money laundering charge as well, where they send an under- undercover agent in and the agent says something like, I am a Russian heroin dealer. Will you sell me Bitcoin? Yeah. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, some of the uh, some of the people do move forward with that in these in these other local Bitcoins cases. But when that guy showed up here in Keene, I told him I can't sell you Bitcoin anymore as soon as I heard him you know, say what he did. So um, they're going to have a really interesting uh, it's going to be an interesting case. And they, they're trying to bring the usual charges against us. But the usual defendants will just take a guilty plea. And uh, you know we plan to go to trial with this. So what could that mean on the, the large scale? Well, if a, if a jury decides that uh, that we're guilty, then that's going to make it harder for people to you know just help spread Bitcoin person to person because they're going to start calling that money transmission and it's not. Um, hopefully the jury will will be able to see that clearly if if this even gets to trial. You know if it's not kicked out for some technicality or or whatever beforehand. So. Does that answer your question?
0: Yeah. Well, I guess the last part that I, I, I mean, if if you clearly establish the legal precedent you're hoping to, I, I mean, aside from just showing that we can do this, there's so many companies that are, are are like that. That I mean, their their core function is to make money. People came together to make money, and and by corporate charter said no principles aren't part of this. Really, we're we're here to make money, and so we're following the government this, that, and the other and checking these boxes. Does this open up, uh, you know, a whole other lane for crypto business that maybe those, those types of companies that control important resources Mm -hmm. might've been shying away from?
2: Well, you know, companies tend to be obedient, you know, they, uh, they form corporations. And when you, when you ask government for permission, Which is what you're doing usually when you get a you know corporation then they can tell you what to do so they usually want to cross all their t's and dot all their i's and jump through and and do more compliance than than is even legally necessary and ultimately that's i think you know i'm not going to say that's what our legal argument will be but that isn't a potential argument is to say hey look you know we don't uh we don't have to ask permission in this way but the average corporation would You know, we're activists and we did our research and we believe that what we were doing was completely legal without asking for permission. But companies do tend to ask for permission. I don't think you're going to see, even if Crypto 6 is successful, I don't think you're going to see an explosion in uh, companies not, you know, groveling at the government's feet. That's just what that's just what most <laughs> businesses do. Um, that's, that I don't think it's going to change. Will it enable or empower individuals who are willing to, you know, take some level of risk? Because, you know, even if they get a, even if they, even if we're not convicted, that doesn't mean that they won't just charge the next guy. Um, now, the next guy could then point to our case and say, hey, look over here, um, they weren't convicted for this. And so that could be good for that person. But that still means that that person would have to be willing to go through, you know, an armed right. raid at six o'clock yeah. in the morning. So, I mean, you you yeah. know, when the government makes a decision on a thing, even if a court says cops can't do X, you know, like, you know, the classic case of cops aren't allowed to arrest you if you flip them the bird or, you know, say fuck you or something like that. Uh, We've still seen cops continue to arrest people for those things, and and those cases do normally they're successful for the defendants if they get a good attorney and they, they can beat those things. But you know you can beat the rap, but you can't beat the ride, right?
0: Yep, yep. No, that's exactly what I was about to say. I've been told that by cops as I'm getting taken in. You can yeah. beat the charge, but you can't beat the ride. Yeah, and it's it's it's, it's a, a cops' way of saying fuck you. I can fuck with you. I can I can steal from you. I can harass you. I can rough you up. I can I can ruin your business. And I don't face any consequences for it. You, yeah. you, you, but, and the you feds can to charge. Them. I don't care if you get convicted or not. I still got to do all that.
2: That's right. And he won't have any right. No no consequences for them. So the feds are gonna fight and they're gonna claw and they're gonna scratch all the way down, just like the dinosaurs in the tar pits, you know, as yeah. crypto. Victor- cryptocurrency continues to rise and continues to be uncontrollable by them. They're gonna do everything they can to try to control every aspect of wherever, wherever they can target any kind of center you know, so here it was the Bitcoin embassy. It's usually uh, cryptocurrency exchanges that they target. Any place, any business that they can target, that they can try to control. They're going to try to do it as uh, as their money becomes even more and more irrelevant as cryptocurrency becomes more and more uh, popular. And it seems like 2021 has been already an amazing year. Uh, for cryptocurrency. I mean, the the recent Bitcoin conference in Miami was very, very well attended. We're starting to see, you know, big name celebrities coming on and, you know, getting involved with scam coins, apparently, and things like that. So, you know, buyer beware out there. It's a pretty, pretty crazy uh industry in pretty crazy times. But, uh, you know, we're still on the very beginning cusp of this thing. It's it's only been 12 yeah. years. And, you know, if you haven't gotten into cryptocurrency yet, if you haven't taken the time to, to research it, you really ought to. You really, you really should take the time to look at that.
0: Well, Ian, thank you so much for your time and taking the time to explain this again. I hope to have you on and get more into the legal technicalities of this and the implications as your case unfolds. Freetalklive.com is the main website. Ian, at freetalklive.com if you want to get in touch with that guy right there. Ian, anything else you want to promote? Any closing thoughts?
2: Um, yeah, man, I, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, I know you interviewed Mark and Aria and Bonnie. And so you've really been covering this thing, I think more so than than anyone else. It's surprisingly, I've been told that not very many of the crypto, uh, the crypto news industry has been following this. So. I,
0: you know, I shouldn't be alone on this. I thought I'd be lagging. I, you know, I, When I saw this story, I was like, wow, I've, I've got some connections. I can get some awesome guests on before the mainstream media picks them up and not even significant independent media coverage. I will say. It's been a little disappointing. I would call on all my fellow independent media producers in whatever vein, get in on your show, write a blog post, something. Make sure that you, you are doing your audience a disservice if they do not already know the story of the crypto six.
2: Yeah, it's a pretty outrageous case, and, uh, and we're we're only just now scratching the surface of it. So I think the best thing that uh, that you know your viewers can do is is share the information about this. There's a website I didn't create it. I, I still don't know who did. Uh, Thecrypto6.com kind of outlines some of the details about the case. There's a little bit of video actually of of the raid. Uh, luckily, we're here in Keene where some of the activists got the heads up at six o'clock in the morning uh, from one of our online, uh, systems and they, they showed up at, you know, 620 or whatever. And, uh, and we're out there with video cameras getting confronted by the police, pushed back, uh, threatened, uh, by the cops You get to see like the bear cat that they had a battering ram attached to that battered in the front door over on nobody's side of, of our house. Pretty crazy, uh, situation. And like I said, um, send nobody some mail, you know, not, I'm not, don't do it. Cause I told you to, cause I can't contact nobody, but I'm <laughs> sure you would appreciate, uh, you reaching out to him, as you know, Adam. It's it, whenever you get a letter in jail, it's like it, it, you know, brightens your day. So um, head over to thecrypto6.com and there's a physical address. You can send him books. Um, you can send only through like pre, um, you know, packaged sellers like Amazon. You can't just like throw your own book in the mail and send it to him. That'll get rejected. But uh, books and letters, I'm sure he'd appreciate. And thanks, man.
0: All right, thank you very much, Ian. Appreciate that. You know, I, I think i I need to send uh send nobody something in amazon let's use let's use big corporate amazon uh, to send uh, to amazon. free it's through my books on amazon we could send, send them a copy for see, that it's banned in jails but if it comes from Amazon you think we could get it in maybe I could make it I could do a little yeah. gift note to rich Paul in there it, too, it's not federally the
5: banned in jails. Who's, it is. It's funny. the Department it. of.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those dumb, uninformed. Like we banned this book, and so okay. we're gonna screen every book that comes in to see if it's Whatever. on our list. Probably mm-hmm. not. Yeah, I kind of doubt it. Uh, mailing address. There it is. Inmate's name, and I and I guess it would be nobody or uh, Rich Paul. And it says no inmate numbers required. Just the inmate's name. So you could have nobody or Rich Paul, or but nobody. I think I think the safest way would be nobody, Rich Paul, in parentheses. Just the way it sounds, R I C H P A U L 314 Daniel Webster Highway, Boscawen, New Hampshire, 03303. So now it's there in, uh, in the audio record for today's show as well. You can write, send a book or whatever. I guess not whatever. No, you can send a book or an envelope. <laughs> Very restricted. Don't send any whatevers. Keep your whatevers to yourself because you send whatevers to Rich Paul in jail. Uh, nobody will get in trouble. (laughs) Nobody, nobody will be in very deep trouble. Uh, And uh, I got to say, Ian really needs to work on his, his fake Russian impersonation because I am Russian heroin dealer must buy Bitcoin. Everybody knows rush bad Russian impersonations. Don't use indefinite articles. He said he was a heroin. I am a Russian heroin dealer. No, I am Russian heroin dealer. See how much better that sounds in case you're still watching. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to some headlines. We'll skim and then we're going to be checking in for a comment contest with Aunt Ralston today in just a few minutes. A lot of good comments I've seen on the screen. Keep them coming. I'm like, what's the contest again? The best thing you can do outside of government to help your c- is positive general. But, but it was, it was, it was, it was, there was some other like, to make it a little more specific, what's the comment, what's the comment contest? Put it in a cop. Put the comment contest in Give a comment, comment, and Joey or Ant will get it on screen here. Associated Press. Back to the stack. Two great powers. Comic. Best thing we knew to make a positive impact that doesn't involve the federal government. So shooting the president, shooting, blowing up the Capitol building would be inappropriate. But for today's comment contest, if it was a governor or a state capitol building, that that's at least ineligible. You see, you see the, that, that was the distinction I was missing before. No. Okay, associate no. press, two great powers, Biden, Putin, plunge into hours of talks. Plunge, they make it sound so romantic. With stern expressions and polite words before the cameras, President Joe Biden and Russia's Vladimir Putin plunged into hours of face-to-face talks Wednesday at a lush lakeside Swiss mansion a highly anticipated summit at a time when both leaders agree that relations between their countries are at an all time low construction management on YouTube weighing in micro mass production products, privately utilizing technology to innovate and create insulated economies with their own supply chains for food to cars to guns, using tokenization and crypto to trade. Yes, we'll get there. We'll get there, but it's just, who knows if that's where it goes. I mean, again, I, I, I have to keep in mind that I am not uh, Decentralist first I am a voluntarist first Centralization Is something that Happens on a sliding scale based on market Demand, market forces, available technology To create the greatest efficiency in a free market Or By artificial imposition of government To create greater centralization run by central Planners who treat everybody like trash And just impose their vision on the rest of the world Creating mass inefficiencies Inequalities And un- justifiable concentrations of wealth and power but for example in that community you know, decentralization is relative to the current system getting rid of that decentralization but even in that community you don't have everybody making their own candles candle making is centralized with the one candle maker right you know specialization of labor requires an inherent centralization of some things i'm not arguing that we're not radically over centralized in most functions big. today But when centralization is voluntary and fluid and immediately always subject to modification responses to market forces, then let there be voluntary centralization. Um, So Biden called a discussion between two great powers, said it was always better to meet face-to-face. Putin for his part said he hoped the talks would be productive. And I wonder about this, like two great powers, like, well, yeah, you're kissing Russia's ass here, but Russia's not even a great power. Like, really, even in the days of the Cold War, you know, barely measured up to the United States in a lot of ways. Sparkle, sparkle. I spent most of the time trying to figure out what the hell Biden was blathering about. Uh, you know, the, the photo op. People are making. I've, I've seen liberals making hay of the uh, the photo here, and it's funny because I thought the point with, uh, you, you know, I, I guess they they want us to go tough on Putin, right? Trump was too too soft on Russia. So wait, the, the liberals are the aggressive militarist pro hardcore status confrontation now? And they're 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 making fun of this photo. I know Putin is well, he's like average height, right? And Biden is like average American politician height because it works better on television. He's like six two or something. I think that's the right number. And 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 some, something like that. Uh but no, the average American president is like six, like I would be. They're not tall I, guys, no. They I would have been, no, they have been. No, no, they, no, no. The yeah, average American president me. is like 6'2". Yeah. And the average American male is like my height. Five. I'm 5'10 five, and a half, 5'11", uh, oh. depending on what convenience yeah. store I'm exiting at the time, or you know, it's, if if, it's a good president. day if I've been stretching. But no, it's because Americans look to politically, like, part of the American political racket has been strong male leader. Imposing visual presence, someone who can stand up to Vladimir Putin. And so it's funny to hear liberals now making fun of Putin for slouching, looking like a kid who was dragged into the principal's office, whereas Biden is is is, is upright and erect and smiling. He's got his got his legs crossed. You know, there's all this like weird body language reading bullshit going on. And this Patrick Lewis, NATO is ramping up for self-destruction. Yeah. And it's 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 a lot of like political theater that I'm not gonna indulge in. What's not as much political theater, our next headline from American Military News, Biden launches domestic terrorism strategy targeting anti-government ideology, white supremacy, and more. I, I hate to say this because we did this yesterday. Thursday's our catch-up day. We're going to have to come back to this alternate headline covering the same story from thegatewaypundit.com. We're going to have to take the time to really get into this and explain why these headlines are so different. Gateway Pundit. Big Brother. Biden administration wants Americans to report radicalized friends and family to government. And the contrast yeah. is what is most dystopian about this. From uh, excuse me, Orlando Sentinel at MSN.com DeSantis, excuse me, DeSantis's much touted Florida e-verify immigration law snares. No one. Private employers in Florida have been required to use e-verify. The federal system for checking the legal status of potential hires since the start of the year, but there have been no complaints made to the state agency in charge of enforcing the law in five and a half months it's been in effect. Oh, uh, another government to program, government program that's good for political posturing and accomplishes nothing else otherwise. Yeah. On the immigration front, this from Newsweek Arizona cop files a report saying he smelled undocumented migrants in van. Oh my God. And, and now, what? Now hold hold on, now, th- 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 but this is this is offensive for other reasons. Like, and I'm a, I'm gonna like really, I'm an unpopular opinion on He's this You did that the documents smell, not the people, right? <laughs> I didn't that. smell documents on your immigrants. Uh, <laughs> an Arizona state trooper filed a report falling on a traffic stop in April, indicating he could smell that several occupants of the van he pulled over were undocumented migrants. Sergeant Travis Smith with the Arizona Department of Public Safety, yeah, because they're all about public safety, initiated traffic stop. Uh, upon, co- quote, upon contact with the driver, a U.S. citizen, the state trooper observed 17 undocumented aliens in the vehicle. What it doesn't say is how Sergeant Smith determined that the 17 passengers were undocumented. Uh, quote, I exited my patrol car and approached the side of the van. The passenger window was rolled down. I immediately smelled an odor that was consistent with smuggling of illegal aliens from past experiences. Once I was at the passenger window, I noticed numerous persons in the van and the driver looked scared. Um, Arizona law does task police with determining a detainee's immigration status in a relevant situation, but it does not list smell. It is an appropriate way of doing so, not even uh, even on a level of reasonable suspicion. Um, now, what is this? It smelled B-O, and um, what, what is, where was it? There was something in here. Oh Maybe it was a different article I read about this. Um Body, where's body? You smell human beings that were in a hot vehicle for a long time. Like that's a smell. Yeah. um, (laughs) There was something else, like in the maybe was there were two stories about this because there was one from the uh, producers' club. Um, But like smelled and oh, like when you cram a bunch of people into a vehicle uncomfortably and it's like yeah, you're doing something unnatural here. Hold on, hold on a second. You think about a voluntary society, because like I'm not I'm not advocating for police to exist. I'm not advocating for government borders to be excuses to violate human freedom of movement. Okay. Don't get me wrong, but I am advocating that suspicious smells should be investigated. And even in a voluntary society, you're like, hey, why do you why does your vehicle smell like a bunch of people? It smells like you're making people uncomfortable in mean, I should, I should at least now there are rights okay. that need to be respected in looking into it. Like I don't get to, I don't get to go, Hey, I smell it. So I'm going to violate your rights. But if I, if I'm a, if, if, if I in a voluntary society, a private, yeah, this is a real weird argument on the show. It is. Today. But if I was in a private, if I was in a, in a volunteer society with a private security force, I would want them investigating suspicious smells because in a free society, if you're putting people in an uncomfortable position like that, in a van for extended hours, You're probably up to no good. In this case, you're up to good, which is evading the much greater evil of government. That being said, I don't have time to indulge your smell weirdness. You see my point. (laughs) Unpopular opinion among libertarians, which is like all opinions, because opinions are like assholes. Healthy disrespect for authority, Mexican dirt, weed, fragrance. All right, we've got less than two minutes. Comment contest. We're late. And What do we got? I think you're muted. But such a polite co-host? Sorry we there didn't we get go. you on earlier. But that was right. an awesome guest, wasn't it?
3: It was an awesome guest. Um, definitely an awesome guest. We didn't have a whole lot of contest entries. Um, uh, whoop doo said to do nothing. Sparkly Sparkle said any type of civil disobedience, which I'm, I really like that one. Doug O'Keefe said preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the best and ultimately only movement worth signing on to. Um, um, I just like the the civil disobedience as, as far as the ones that I got in. So I'd say Sparkly Sparkle has it for yeah. me today.
0: Sparkle Sparkle, that's a, oh, a, that's new, a new new name, name in the in there. All right, thank you very much, Aunt Sparkle Sparkle. Email Jim at thefreedomline.com or yeah,
1: there it is. And Jim, this producer. let take us home in a hurry. Email this guy, Jim, at thefreedomline.com. I'll get you hooked up. For the links we didn't cover today, you can find them at t.me forward slash Adam versus the man. They're also in the private producers club, which that person just won access to. You can buy your way into the producers club or just support the show at different levels at patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man uh you can go to instagram at the garden of freedom and check out all the cool pictures and videos they got going on we just did a huge bit about the crypto six and we even showed you where you can write to the guys so definitely check that out keep that going and go is the best do-it-yourself website for the self-sustaining community trying to learn about solar and wind have a good day everyone all right thank you so much jim
0: it was on this day according to goodnewsnetwork.org good news on this day in history 41 years ago today, the Blues Brothers with John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd premiered in Chicago, where they shot the film. Also, on this day in 1858, Abraham Lincoln delivered his House Divided speech in Springfield, Illinois, to which I say, divide the corrupt house until it falls. And with that, peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other.